Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Waiver Wired podcast presented by FanDuel. But this is not an ordinary episode, folks. This is the episode because we are hours away from football kicking off. Something that we did not know was going to happen is happening. And how many times do you actually get those bounces to go your way? I'm your host, Jerry Ferrara. Of course, I am not alone. Thankfully, I am joined by Jennifer Piacenti. Jen, how are you today? I'm so great, Jerry. I rolled out of bed this morning. I was like, this is the day. I had my coffee. I set my lineups in a preliminary you know, way. And it's just, I'm so excited. I can't wait. I didn't even do the preliminary thing because it's, it's almost like I'm savoring it. And it really was the <laughs> first time I had to think like, wow, I have to... Uh, I got to set lineups now. So uh, yeah. we're talking to you. We're taping this on a Thursday. It's roughly like three o'clock Eastern over here. So we will obviously not get to talk about the results of the Thursday game, nor we will not preview it that much because it'll be ancient history by the time you guys hear this. But we have a little bit of shares. Go. I have a Mahomes yeah. stake. I, I have a Kelsey stake from our auction league. As I spoke about last week, I overbid on. You have a little something going on tonight, right? Yeah, I have my Will Fuller play. Um, by the way, I just want to mention a little piece of advice. I've been getting a few questions about start sits already. Will Fuller is someone that I have going for me tonight, and I think he's going to have a great game. I'm super excited. I think it's going to be a shootout. But what's really important is when I'm rostering Will Fuller, even though I'm thinking of him as my flex, I'm actually putting him in the wide receiver spot. And that's because he gives me a lot more options to figure out what to do with my flex. Anything could happen between now and Sunday. Let's say you're debating between playing Will Fuller tonight or Mike Evans. Play Will Fuller in your wide receiver. Save Mike Evans so you can still flex him. This is a small detail, but really, really important. And it can make a difference between winning a championship or not. Give yourself every option you can, especially in COVID-19. We don't know if we're going to wake up Sunday morning and suddenly also Chris Godwin is got COVID-19 and is on the injured list. We don't we don't know. So give yourself every opportunity you can when you're starting players on Thursdays, especially in 2020, put them in the regular spot. Don't use them in your flex. I've made that mistake where I've kind of uh handcuffed myself inadvertently and I lost mm -hmm. that flexibility. Uh and this is it, look, that is definitely something. We're all going to have to pay careful attention to the details this yeah. year. Yeah. Um we got a lot to unpack today. Okay, little sneak mm -hmm. peek of what we're going to unpack today. First and foremost, we're going to talk in a minute. We have our own waiver wired podcast weekly Fandle league coming up. And it's yeah. not just an ordinary league. There's a lot of things that are going to go with that. So we're going to talk in more detail about that in a moment. We are also going to recap some, some snake draft stuff that happened mm -hmm. and get our lineups. And then we're going to get straight into our Fanduel picks. And then we're going to even talk about a little uh, pregame fantasy football player workout like what is your pregame situation like and we have some fun stuff with that so the FanDuel league which i am extremely excited about okay it's going to be weekly obviously five dollar entry winner week to week gets five hundred dollars okay it's good money cannot complain that's in that's that's a good work day right there but what we are adding to make this a little spicier is there's going to be an end of the year kind of League of Champions competition, meaning if you won your week, obviously you get the $500. Mm -hmm. 
you also will then be eligible in the following week to play head-to-head in a mystery guest of my choosing, okay? And what you will win there, if you then win that head-to-head, well, you have your golden ticket. You are going on auto-bid to the Week 16 League of Champions. Now, these mystery guests, Jen, it could be they could be going head to head against you. They could be going head to head against maybe some uh, some other Hollywood types that I used to know, and maybe mm-hmm. they'll return my calls nowadays. Who knows? You could be going head to head against my mom or my wife, who have won at Fanduel before, believe it or not. So, from what I understand, we don't want to go to head to head against your wife because she's a winner. Listen, I'm going to put the <laughs> roster together for 16 weeks of the mystery guest, and I'm going to assign them weekly spots. So there is no cut. Like who you draw is just who you draw. If you win, if you win week three. And you have to go up against my wife, who's a savage at FanDuel. You just got a tough draw. That's like going against a one seed. You got a tough March Madness draw. What can I say? And then, you know, maybe if you end up going against someone who, you know, I got a good buddy, Max Greenfield from New Girl. He's a fantasy football stud. He might be beatable. He's very beatable. I think someone could get past him in week five. So again, and that's going to be if you go to FanDuel.com to backslash waiver wired. Okay, that'll bring you right to our contest and get your teams in. So another unique thing about this competition, because this is just the way I sort of like it. And this podcast, like we mentioned, we're not going to focus much on the Thursday or even the Monday games. We're focused on Sunday. We are a Sunday fantasy football podcast for at least the time being. It's going to be Sunday 1 p.m. only. How interesting is that? So you are going to know. narrows the slate. You are going to know going into your night games and later games if you even have the chance at a head-to-head for the golden ticket. So you really have to get your work done. The the field's going to be a lot smaller. There's going to be a lot more shared players. So finding those off-the-radar sleepers who maybe not a lot of of people have, those off-the-radar sleepers are going to come into play. What do you think? How did I do, Jen? I think you did awesome. I'm super excited about playing in this league. Can I have a team? I mean... First of all, yes, you could have a team. I don't, yes, you definitely can have a team, but also, and maybe not week one, because I already have like six lineups in, (laughs) Uh, not just for our league, in other FanDuel leagues as well. So I'd say for week one, yes, we go solo. Maybe for the sake of the podcast and our newfound friendship, we, Mm -hmm. because this could be some good content. Maybe we attempt down the road to do a shared team where I propose a player you propose a player, maybe even get some Twitter engagement yeah. on who and we, we should start. It, we build it yeah. together. We build the perfect lineup. Jerry and Jen's waiver wired perfection. We could call it with these bare hands. We build this lineup. <laughs> I love it. It'll be our flavor of the week. So yeah, that's the, that's the, the waiver wired FanDuel uh, contest. Again, FanDuel.com backslash waiver wired. Make sure you put that D at the end of wired. That'll bring you right to our uh, right to our matchup. And I'm even hearing there's rumors going on that someone in the, the League of Champions tournament in week 16 we might even have you know, extra points own Cousin Sal in there. That's just a rumor. I cannot confirm. That's like a source's say. I mean, I think just the opportunity to play with Cousin Sal alone should have everyone in this contest immediately. Maybe he's even a, a mystery guest. By the way, not to talk trash, Cuz, but beatable. I'm going to say Sal might be beatable. 
You might be able to catch him on a week where he has 97,000 bets going on and beatable, just my opinion. Might, but I don't know how his cousin Sal plays DFS, but he might overuse Cowboys. Classic. I don't know if you can overuse Cowboys, but it's possible. So, yeah, I don't know. You know I, feel, there I, I feel like Sal's fandom with the Cowboys, like um, while it's obviously huge, I feel like he could kind of like, he, he might know similar to me, like, ah, you can't put, because that's like a double loss. If like you lose the fantasy week because of the Cowboys <laughs> and the Cowboys lose, that's just like, those Mondays when you're listening to podcasts like this suck. Yeah, that's true. But who loses when they roster Cowboys? Come on, that's a win. Okay, sorry, I'm, I'm going all over here the go map again. here on this podcast. I have a question okay. before we really dive into right. everything. Let's do it. What's a worse feeling? Waking up okay. Monday morning, and the Cowboys lost, but your fantasy mm -hmm. team won? Or waking up Monday morning and the Cowboys won, but your fantasy team lost? See, this is an age-old question, and yep. I have debated this many times. I think it depends on how far along in the season you are. Is that weird? <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. I think it's worse if your real team lost. Um, but as the team, as the season goes along, like if you're winning the championship, you can almost get over the fact that your real team lost because you're taking home the ring, you know? I mean, yeah, especially you knowing that like the Cowboys haven't even been in a Super Bowl in, in what, was it 20 years? We're going on 20 years. You you got to hold on to these fantasy championships, which I'm sure you have way more fantasy mm -hmm. championships than the Cowboys have actual Super Bowls. Or maybe it's mm -hmm. close. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Smack talking early. We're smack talking early. You that know stuff the did well still don't have week. Manning under center, right? You know that. Like The Cowboys hate did well on the podcast last week. That is what our, our, our brilliant producers told me. This is not true. I'm making this up. But I think that the 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 Cowboys trash talk slander with you went. I think that did really well on the podcast last week. That's what I'm hearing. Well, we're going to see how this works out for you all season because I'm pretty sure this is going to be a recurring theme. <laughs> well, uh, I, I can't wait. I just can't wait to get these games going. So uh, let's dive in. We're going to get into our FanDuel lineups and some players to maybe pick or not pick coming up later. Um I had two my two snake drafts, you know. I my, the auction draft last week was my first, and uh, I'm very excited for that. But it was nice coming out of an auction draft, yeah. Where I was at the command center with multiple screens, I had silence, headphones locked in. I mean, for the snake draft, you should have seen me. I was on the couch, glass of wine, basketball game on. I went laptop, not even desktop. Yeah. I was talking to Bree yeah. half the time. It was so casual. It was so nice. I kind of felt like I needed um something interesting that I tried and did. Uh, we can go over some of my teams. Um, I found myself once I thought my team was made, really going after some lotto tickets. Yeah, with with the yeah. hopes of like being trade bait almost. I never thought I would actually oh. say that I went after trade bait, but just guys that I'm like, wow, this guy pans Smart. out. You know, I really went hard in my in the league I'm in with CJ McCollum. I took like almost all the rookies. I took Joe Burrow, took Jerry Judy, I took Jalen Rager. I, I went, if one of those rookies, which all of them usually, one of them, I should say, will always pan out, you know, like Jalen on the Eagles, I, I know he's not coming back till week four or five. They said maybe week two. I, he's not starting for me. 
But if he comes in week four and lights it up in one game, I might either have him as a trade asset or maybe my lesser wide receiver who's not doing so well. That was kind of my strategy. I'm trying to pull now, it. Now, is this a redraft or a dynasty league? So the one with CJ McCollum, his league is is it's like it's a, it's in year one. So everyone's kind of starting out. It's not dynasty. I don't even think it's, it's keeper. We don't even okay. know if there's gonna be year two, but okay. I'm gonna give you the quick rundown and you can yeah, give, give me, me the a rundown. Grade. Okay. Uh I went Drew Brees very, very okay. late. I don't even remember what round. Right. Uh my first pick, and I actually took my first overall pick because I think I had seventh in the 12 team. This was more for you, so we have a shared stake. I took a Dalvin Cook share. Yes, let's so, do it. So this way you and I could actually have someone to laugh or cry about. Uh, I love it. I went James Conner um, at my second running back. He kind of was best available. I, I think if he does stay healthy, I think the Steelers' offense is going to be really good. Um, also, his coach came out this week and flat out said, he is our bell cow. Bell cow. You can't get a bigger vote of confidence than that. So James Conner... I, I've loved him since preseason. It's all about his health. It's only about his health. Otherwise, this guy is going to eat. Is Bell Cow kind of, is that the biggest endorsement a running back could get from a coach? Yeah, that specific definitely. phrase? Like if a coach comes out and says he's our Bell Cow, I don't know if you can get a bigger uh, exactly. endorsement. Um, I also took a share of DJ Shark. Shark. Um, again, I think the Jacksonville situation who knows? And we'll get into that when we get into our things to pay attention to in week one. But uh, I really think he's the main offensive threat over there. Uh, I do. And I think they'll be coming from behind a lot. Yep. So I want Kenny I like Galladay for my number one receiver just because I don't I just don't have him across any league. And I just I think, again, you know, I think Stafford's going to be healthy this year. I think their offense is going to be good where it gets interesting for me. Uh Drafted Kareem Hunt to kind of start at flex, although he doesn't have to. I'll get into my bench in a minute. But um, obviously, there's been a lot of, well, you know, they, he obviously got a new contract and Nick Chubb might not touch the ball as much, which mm -hmm. I don't personally believe. But I'm in there. And that's shout out to my team-in-law, Cleveland Browns. And shout outs to you. I took Michael Gallup. I actually kind of mimicked your auction trade draft, I feel like. I love it. Well, obviously, I love it. You know what? Gallup is going to be really good this Sunday, too. I've had so many people be like, why would you take Gallup? There's Amari Cooper, CD Lamb, too many targets. But, you know, he's they're going to be all over Cooper on Sunday. Gallup's going to be the guy. I predict that Gallup will get the first touchdown for the Dallas And, and look, there may be some weeks where it's a heavy Amari Cooper week mm -hmm. uh, and less, but it might be a little all over the map, but Gallup is going to certainly have at least five great games, you would imagine, and with the potential to be much more. Um, On a per-game basis last year, and both Gallup and Amari Cooper missed a couple games, Gallup had more targets. Yep. So this is where I, I'm either really, really smart at fantasy football or it's like, dude, like, what are you playing Madden? Like, what did you do? Mm -hmm. Right. And I actually had a buddy who used to draft his fantasy teams, Charlie O'Connell, who also might be a mystery guest, uh, season two bachelor, uh, Charlie O'Connell used to draft fantasy teams off of Madden ratings, which I thought was super <laughs> interesting. That's how he would start doing his research. Madden always came out like the week before his draft. He would play the game for a week straight, play almost every team. That was his scouting process, which it's I thought hysterical. was pretty brilliant. Yeah. <clears throat> so I felt confident with that starting line. Again, this is a two wide receiver league. 
in a 12-team league. So a lot of depth here. I felt really good about my starting lineup and Gallup being my main backup receiver. Here we go. In case Drew Brees does not show up to be the Drew Brees we remember, I went Joe Burrow. What's the worst that could happen? I have Brees. If Burrow's yeah, good, I, that's I a agree. trade asset. I think that Joe Burrow is a great late round lotto ticket. Again, I think it's going to take him a while. There's so many moving parts in Cincinnati. They got him, you know, lots of stuff. He's got lots of stuff to work with. He's got AJ Green. You know, he's got all these wonderful targets. Might take a little bit for it to gel, but once it does, I mean, look at his college stats. The guy's ridiculous. There's no reason that he won't be successful in the NFL. And I think you're thinking about it the right way. You start with Drew Brees. You see what happens. There is absolutely nothing to lose. And... I, I like his receivers and I, you know, yeah. we don't know what AJ, you know, we don't know if AJ Green's going to be healthy and you know, and if he's going to be any resemblance of the AJ Green, we remember AJ Green, sorry, uh, that we remember. But if he turns out to even be 70% of what we right. all remember to go with Boyd Ross, like that's a pretty good core. You got Joe Mixon in the backfield. And mm -hmm. like everyone else been saying, we think a bad defense, so they're going to have to score. Uh, so these are my, basically, I have all lotto tickets on the bench. I told you about Gallup, told you about Burrow. I went Zach Moss, who easily could end up being oh, the number Zach, one back. Zach Moss, so my favorite, also a favorite in FanDuel, which we can talk about later. But, you know, Zach Moss is very likely going to take over this backfield. And even if he doesn't take over the backfield, he's going to be used in the Frank Gore role. So that means he's going to be the guy getting the goal line carries. He's already taking time from Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary apparently hasn't been able to really hold on to the ball in practice. So I really, really like Zach Moss. He could end up being a starter. And as you said, if not, he's a great piece to move around. Yeah, and I like it. I do like his week one matchup, although uh, against the Jets. Yes. Although I don't know if I have the confidence to. I mean, he's someone that I could potentially plug in at flex over Kareem Hunt, but so maybe I don't me, know I about week start, one. Yeah, I wouldn't start Moss in a week in a seasonal, but I would play him in DFS, and that's because I believe he is. I can look up the exact price. Zach Moss is forty seven hundred dollars on Fanduel. I think he's going to get into the end zone. However, the Jets. Defense is actually fairly good against the run game, even though the Jets stink. So I wouldn't want to play him in my seasonal if I had somebody else. But as far as like being able to get other people in an optimal lineup and save that money and spend it on George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, well, you can't Kelsey, but George Kittle or Zach Ertz, that's when I would do it. I, I mean, Zach Moss is a no-brainer play for Sunday to me. Well, the rest of my all-team question mark slash lottery ticket, like I said earlier, Jerry Judy. Maybe it was the Jerry thing that wrote me into that. Yes. Jalen Rieger, which um, my favorite strategy this year for sure has been kind of draft and stash. I am not afraid. I did it with Alshon mm -hmm. in our auction. Uh, I am not afraid to take a play. Usually there's always coming out of hard knocks, right? In preseason, there's always someone who's either on the pup list or someone who's suspended for the first four games right. or something that everyone is afraid to take because he's not playing within the first four games. I love that situation. I don't root for it as a fan of the NFL because I don't want guys suspended or hurt. But as a fantasy player, if I see that I am not afraid to draft a player that toward week 10 could be peaking and took a shot with, with Jalen and, you know, like I said, worst case too, even him just becoming healthy 
And starting, or at least in the lineup with the Eagles, might be enough trade value there to get something back. Um, so I, I want to um, go ahead, up something, an, an idea. So, and this is maybe a little bit of a way to cheat the system or get around the system. But this year with COVID-19, a lot of commissioners have allowed extra IL spots or extra mm -hmm. bench spots. And this seems like a perfect way to use exactly what you're doing. Someone like Alshon Jeffrey or someone that's still on the IL, they may not be on the IL for COVID reasons, but if you think they're really good, so say I'm trying to think of who's still on the IL that might be coming back. Um, maybe Brandon, maybe Debo Samuel still on the IL or someone like that, right? Go ahead and put them in your IL spot. Use that bench spot for somebody else. It's a little bit of a cheat, but listen, hey, if your commissioner isn't enforcing, I, I say you work the system. Um, Listen, everyone is, no one is above working the system in uh, <laughs> fantasy football. Uh, we all do that whenever possible. I've seen some horrendous things on the waiver wire uh, happen over the years. I've seen guys wait up to like, oh, the, the claims start at 12.01 uh, Pacific time, whatever. I've seen guys stay up late to make sure they got the first bids in, all that stuff. So every year, and I name dropped him earlier, and I hate the name drop, but the only reason why I name drop him is because he is my good friend. And he also, him and I have been playing fantasy football since 2001. Uh, my good buddy, Max Greenfield. Uh, like I said, you guys know him from New Girl or The Neighborhood. Uh, him and I, every year, and we are no longer, sadly, in a league together, but we were mm -hmm. in the same league for a long time. That league has since been dissolved and guys have gone on to other teams. But every year, we sent, when we're drafting, we just ask each other questions, send each other lineups, right? Like, we all have those friends. And we always mutually agree on the love of an potential player who's going to break out. We always have that one guy who we say, this is the guy who's going to break through and be a top three to five player at his position. And of course it happened this year. I have not referenced this player yet. And I didn't even know it was who he was thinking when I, I said, Hey, I'm in the market for a tight end. These are the three guys I'm interested in. Okay. And it's late okay. round. He came back with this. Are you ready? I'm ready. I got news for you. Okay. His name is Noah Fant. That's what I call I him Fant. I don't know if it's fun. I call him Fant, okay? It's Fant. I think that, and in my research, you know, I know he had a lot of over 20-yard receptions last year. Uh, obviously, you know, there's going to be someone who has to get passes over there. Uh, you know, yeah. I, we know about Cortland Sutton, but they're going to have to move on. I know they got Melvin Gordon, stuff like that. And what he's saying in camp right now, I just like the kind of the guts he's saying. They're going to line me up all over the place. He's basically touting himself that he's going to be a yeah. massive offensive. Maybe it's not true, but I like yeah. the guy who, in his mind, he is a massive offensive threat right now. Yeah. And, you know, they've got so many weapons there. So that's the one concern. But if you think about it, the Broncos, they made a big investment on him when they took him in the first round in the NFL draft, right? And his numbers, they're kind of relative last year to the limited opportunities he had on offense, but he still took really full advantage of them. He led all tight ends with 8.3 yards after catch per reception. And he also finished second in yards per reception. Limited sample size, but why can't he do that again? They're super excited over there in Denver. They've got such mojo going on. And like you said, when a guy comes out, when Austin Eckler comes out or somebody comes out on social media and says, you want to have me on your fantasy team, you know what? 
I kind of do. <laughs> I you got it. I like Noah yeah. Fan. I like him a lot, and I think that he could uh, he could be the guy. You could be really right on that. At least for a few weeks, you got to kind of. Oh my god, I'm I'm. <laughs> yeah, at least for a few weeks, you have to give that player the shot. And tight end is deep enough, so again, I ultimately am not that concerned. There's still I already checked the waiver wire. There's still plenty of kind of other options out there. Should you need, I'm just I'm looking at my my last snake draft team. I realize I pretty much have like. Christian Kirk all over the place. I won't go through my lineup on that because we already did my keeper pick. Also have a Cam Akers share on that for you. But um, the only thing I'll say about, that's the CJ McCollum league. The only thing I will say about my third league, my second snake draft league, the only thing I'll say is there may even be a certain professional athlete who's in this league. I'm not even going to say the sport. Uh, but he definitely knows something about football. Let's just say that. And for whatever reason, he... I told you I wanted to start the trash talking going. He has singled me out in the group chat and is trolling me oh. specifically. The only Super Bowl I've ever won in fantasy is in this league. And he's telling me I ain't shit. Sorry, I'm cursing. I, I don't know what it is. So I, this league We're is fun. It's a down, lot of Jerry. friends. No, no. Now he's it's personal down. now. It's personal. He's going down. Yeah, he's going down. Yep, and I'm going to unveil, don't worry, I'm going to reveal his identity at some point. Don't worry about it. This right, is not good. like some big good. secret. I got, and it's not, okay. it's not, it's not Tom Brady, okay? So it's not some big <laughs> secret, but uh, he's talking trash to a, to a former champion. How do you do put that? That'd be place. like Dak talking. him in his place. That'd be like Dak talking trash to Eli Man. He's like a former yeah. champion. You can't wow. do that. Wow, the hits keep coming. All right, you know what? You just keep loading him up, you know? You're poking the sleeping bear, Jerry. You're poking the sleeping bear. <laughs> uh, so that's it for our season long. Um, shout outs to all the season long commissioners out there. There's a lot of fantasy season long leagues that are not coming back this year for, you know, obviously COVID's impacted many different yeah. things. This is one of the lesser impacts that we're all feeling, but um, season longs just have become probably harder to accomplish. There's no live drafts. People's schedules are still crazy and up in the air. We're all figuring out what this normal is. So, but shout outs to all the league commissioners out there who still powered through and sent all the emails and got their leagues together. If you're a commissioner out there driving in your car or jogging on the treadmill, shout outs to you. We appreciate you because I don't have the patience to be a commissioner. I definitely, and I don't like people yelling at me all the time. Oh, I, it is the most thankless, awful job to be a commissioner. I never, ever want to do it. I've heard like what people go through, the arguments and the mediation you have to do. And everybody hates you, even though you're the one providing this experience for everyone. So I, I have no desire. And anybody who's a commission, I have so much respect. I mean, I actually wanted to, again, give a shout out to our commissioner auction league because that was so frustrating last week, I'm sure, for him as well. Steve Cozzolino, thanks for putting that together. You're a rock star. Anything you heard us say about how we were frustrated, nothing to do with you. Just uh, you commissioners are the best. Um. Oh, God, I just can't wait. Just knowing that football's kicking off in, in a yeah. couple of hours. I just can't wait to be doing our Monday show yes. right after the games where we actually have something to base all these hypotheses off of. I don't even know if that's a real word. I just right. can't wait till we actually have real hardcore facts and data to go off other than these either analytical or gut instincts. But before we get into our kind of FanDuel lineups and picks, I just was thinking the other day, 
the things that I'm going to be paying attention to, because you really got to try to wrap your head around what football is going to be like. Because also I've been watching a ton of basketball like everybody else, and I've gotten so used to bubble basketball. What is, I know it's not a bubble, but what is, you know, social distanced football going to be like? And I was just thinking, question one, the thing I'm paying attention to most week one. Who is adjusting to the no fans the best? And that's more of a team perspective. I don't think you can go player by player. I'm going to keep track in my mind of... Now, uh, some teams are going to have fans like the Dallas Cowboys. And the Cleveland Browns. Mm. Team-in-law. That's right. That's right. It's probably uh, every every uh, every fan that the Browns actually have will be there. No, no, it's Jen. That's where you're... Listen, capacity. Jen, you could slander the Giants. <laughs> that's fine. You could slander the Browns as a team. That's fine. The one thing I will not allow you to do on this waiver wire podcast, you cannot slander the Browns fans because having spent a lot of time in Cleveland. Oh, I wasn't slandering the fans. I was just saying there's not a lot of them. That was slander. That's the not true. That is, at least in, you know what? Maybe nationwide you're correct, but in the city of Cleveland, <laughs> man, they fly their colors. There are... It is OSU and Cleveland Browns everywhere. You see some Cavs, you see some Indians. The Browns are where it's at. So, uh, hmm. But yeah, I'm going to be trying to track what teams seem to be adjusting to the no fan. Oh, look, who knows? Maybe that will not even be a thing for players at all. Maybe you, you're so locked in the moment and in the heat of battle that you know you could be playing in front of 100,000 people or 10. Maybe it doesn't matter. I'm going to be paying attention to that too. I'm going to be tracking that. I always try to track early on, and I think this year it's most important to pay attention to week one and two because we have no preseason. Which offense early has their shit together? You know, usually you can maybe yeah. see a little bit in preseason and guess, but I yeah. think weeks one I, and two, we need to pay attention. I think that's really true. And there are a lot of offenses that are really, really new, right? Like Miami. I mean, they're they're all young kids. Denver, again, all basically rookies there. There's a lot of places in, in Joe Burrow, in Cincinnati being a brand new quarterback. So there's a lot of things to look like. How well are they gelling? Because do they have the talent? Oh, yeah, but maybe it's not really going to gel until next year. And so that is going to be important to see which ones are missing a step from not having the same kind of camp and which ones it didn't seem to affect at all. And it's because of that, you know, I'm leaning a little bit more towards veterans towards the beginning of the season with the idea that kind of midway through the season that these rookies may end up really starting to hit their stride and really exceeding expectations. So that was my third thing to pay attention to. Do these circumstances favor the veteran or the rookie? You could think of this a bunch of different ways, right? So this is why I'm making a note to pay attention to it. I mean, you would think out of the gate, it's the veterans, right? These guys have been in the league for a long time. They've played in playoff games, some in Super Bowls, you know, season on the line type games. So this isn't going to phase them one bit. Or maybe is the lack of that energy, that crowd, maybe that will phase them. Rookies, you would say, every rookie's nervous for the most part. 95% of rookies playing in the NFL are nervous, right? Early, maybe they're not having, you know, the Philadelphia Eagle fans, you know, screaming at them while they're in game or Cowboy fans screaming at maybe that's an advantage to the rookies in their transition into the NFL. I have no idea what the answer is. It's something I'm going to clock as to which team and which young guys and veterans seem to be handling that. My final thing, and jump in if you have any, uh, 
because of the lack of preseason and uh, not uh, zero preseason, does that mean that there's going to be less sleeper kind of guys out of nowhere because maybe teams are going to go off of data from the past? Or do you think because maybe guys didn't get their typical four two preseason games, whatever, to prove themselves that maybe there's more flyers on guys and maybe we'll see more sleeper type situations, guys coming out of nowhere? I think the latter, we're going to see more sleeper type situations with guys coming out of nowhere. I mean, we've already got a couple really interesting things happening last minute. Like suddenly what James Robinson, an undrafted free agent is the starting runner back for Jacksonville. Wow. Uh, Dario Ogunbowale was cut from Tampa Bay and now he's in Jacksonville. We've got all these really interesting things that I think are going to, we didn't get the preseason to see. We didn't get to see the preseason of James Robinson supposedly being so good that they could release Leonard Fournette, but here he is. So I think we're going to be surprised. I think they may not be as surprised. Like they may have some knowledge in the teams, but we're not getting that information. So we're going to have to be much more active using our own eyeballs to watch the games, to watch the tape and to put our ear to the ground and read, listen and read what we can to figure out how to make the best choices. But I mean, already recently we've got Antonio Gibson, you know, jumping up the board. We've got Bryce Love. We've got all kinds of interesting things. And conversely, we have now Carrion Johnson looking like a rock star in week one to start. He was going almost undrafted or for a dollar two weeks ago. So Marlon Mack now, you know, versus Jacksonville, who's not going to start Marlon Mack? Everyone was talking Jonathan Taylor, but it may be Marlon Mack. These are the things that are going to be so interesting. And a 50-50 split now in Denver it's not going to be the Melvin Gordon show. It's going to be 50-50. That's when I'm really keeping my eye on too. But what we don't know, like you said, is if there's a sleeper even behind that. We don't know who those guys are. Kansas City. Is Darrell Williams now a real option instead of Clyde Edwards-Alaire? That kind of came out of nowhere too, right? It's it's going to be fun. You know, you mentioned Carry On Johnson, and I, I told you very early on in this podcast, week one, uh, first episode, that I can't help but make emotional decisions. Mm-hmm. I stared at Carry On Johnson's name on the board in all my drafts, and you know, because Swift is a little up in the air with with stuff. Yeah. You know, stared at it and stared at it, and I I didn't draft. I, I have zero shares. And a lot of that is because I drafted him his rookie year when he, it wasn't even his job necessarily, but he was going to be the spark. He did okay. Injuries. I actually mm-hmm. believe I kept him because it's in the keeper league. I think I kept him for his second year. Last year, that didn't get work. That didn't work out. He got in. It was my keeper and he didn't, he, he didn't really play. And then this year, I just, yeah, there was a great time to draft him. He was a, like, I, there was a great spot for him and I just didn't do it based off of pure emotion. And I hate that I do that. Yeah, you shouldn't though, because you know what? Sometimes it's your gut telling you because probably he will get injured. The thing is though, you just don't want your emotion to take over when it's such a good value. If it's, if it gets to the point, you have to start weighing that emotion versus value, emotion versus value, because if you end up taking a boring player there, um, because you're worried carry on Johnson will get injured, then you might regret it later. So the the two decisions that in my own mind, and sometimes fantasy football is similar to golf, where like people with golf always are like, oh, I'm like they get a little insecure if they're playing badly, like hack badly mm-hmm. in front of a group. And or they tell people about their round on the like no one cares about your round because everyone's only concerned about their own round. 
similar <laughs> with fantasy football, like no one cares who my emotional, like, ah, uh, I don't know what to do things are because they're only worried about their own team. The two names I'm on the hook for that I made emotional decisions on, Carry On and Darius Slayton. And it's because he's on the Giants. And that's why like, I had plenty of moments where, oh, that's such a good value right there. Take him. And I said, no, no, I really, I do have Evan Ingram on one team, but I, I really, I, I just punked out because I didn't want to do that to the Giants. So those are the two players I'm on the hook for this year. If they turn out to be studs, I'm in trouble. I have a fair amount of Darius Slayton, so I'll let you know how it turns out. <laughs> yes, just let me, let me know. Uh, <laughs> I want to take a quick break and say that the Waiver Wire podcast is proud to be presented by FanDuel Fantasy. Sports are finally back. Basketball playoffs, hockey playoffs, baseball, golf, and more. A lot more. Because football is right around the corner. And let me just say, like all of you, I have been waiting for this moment. And if you never played FanDuel Fantasy before, great, because FanDuel is offering users the chance to play for free this NFL season. No deposit required. Just sign up and FanDuel will give you a free entry to a contest each week of the football season where you could win real prizes. Plus, for those folks who want to deposit, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. I play FanDuel because FanDuel Fantasy is an easy app to use and you get to pick a new team every game. If you make a bad decision one week, you could follow it up the next week with a great decision, okay? They have different and unique contests across sports in every relation to your skill level and you're competing for cash payouts. FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free this NFL season with no deposit required. Just sign up and FanDuel will give you a free entry to a contest each week of the football season where you can win real prizes. Plus, for those folks who want to deposit, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Go to FanDuel.com slash WaverWired or download the FanDuel Fantasy app to play now. FanDuel. More ways to win. Should we do some FanDuel stuff? Because then I have a fun segment I want to do yeah. at the end. But should we should we get yeah, into some of our FanDuel stuff? Yeah, let's tell people how to make some money. Okay. Yeah. Yes, please tell me because yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. my wife would appreciate if some of this turned into that. <laughs> uh, so, and again- well, I'll tell you who- Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was just going to say that I have a play that I'm playing in a lot of FanDuel lineups. I mean, I'm a little bit of an addict, you guys. So I was already on Monday, you know, scrolling through all the FanDuel prices thinking, oh, these aren't going to change. They're going to get more information, but they're not going to change. And there was a couple I found, one of which I already mentioned earlier, which is Zach Moss. He's only $4,700. And I said all the reasons why I like him. He's going to have the Frank Gore role at minimum, which means goal line carries. They're facing the Jets. It's an introductory price. I don't think you'll see Zach Moss for $4,700 again. And it allows you to afford more elite players like George Kittle, like uh, Lamar Jackson, players like that that are playing on Sunday. I keep wanting to say Chiefs, but they're playing on Thursday, guys. Sorry, they're not going to be. Yes, remember, we are. Yes, we are. You are post Chiefs uh, Texans game. Yes. Um, but here is here's the money play. Are you ready? Let's hear it. Okay. It is Philadelphia wide receiver Deshaun Jackson, who's $5,700 on FanDuel. Okay, guys, he's back from injury. Now, I get we've only seen Jackson, the Doug Peterson offense, for one game. And that game was versus Washington. But guess who they're playing? Washington. <laughs> 
Who doesn't love a good revenge game narrative? Last year, he had nine targets for 154 total yards and two touchdowns in that one game. So you might say, okay, but that was one game, Jen. You've seen it one game with Doug Peterson. But what you may not realize is it's the second year row. He ran for almost the exact same numbers. So the previous year versus New Orleans, he had 146 yards and two touchdowns. Now, as we've spoken about, we already know that Philly is beat up at wide receiver. They don't have Jalen Rager. They don't have Alshon Jeffrey. So we know it's going to be the Deshaun Jackson, Zach Ertz, and another sleeper alert and good pricing alert, Dallas Goddard, likely to be handling the ball. Carson Wentz is also a great play because of this. They're facing Washington, guys. <laughs> You've got to play Deshaun Jackson. I see him going for 100 yards and a score at minimum $5,700 on FanDuel. Printed. Wow. So, you know, I love watching Deshaun Jackson <laughs> play football, but let me just tell you, there's always every team, every fan has that player that just puts their the fear of God into them when they're playing against their team, right? Like yeah. Deshaun Jackson as a Giants fan, and you could probably relate as a Cowboy fan. Back in his prime, that was, for me, the scariest play. Emmett Smith was like that way back in the day, obviously. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, obviously Randy Moss. But that, like Deshaun Jackson is in that Hall of Fame category for me of guys that I am the most afraid of when they're on the field. Just even still with that run back against the Giants where in the playoffs where they literally were like, it's just he he's one of the scariest. And still to this day, He's a little late in his career. I think he still has a lot left. You know, he is just a threat. No matter where he's been, he is just a threat. So that's a good pick. And I think you're right for that pricing. Right. Okay. Let me ask you something as far as it goes for FanDuel. Okay. Mm -hmm. When you're building your team and your lineups, what position do you, you always have to find that, you know, that centerpiece to then build off yes. of, right? Yes. And that could either be your expensive player price tag or I sometimes go into like I want to find like you were saying the Deshaun Jackson okay the 5700 out piece and build off that so when you're making your lineup how do you like to construct it so that is such a good question I like to usually find a couple really good value plays and build around it and build stacks around it so for instance another good value play I saw was Hunter Renfo for 5200 because of that, I looked up what is Derek Carr's cost? Well, Derek Carr is only 7100. I want to put them together and guess what? Now I can afford Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller. I've got those four guys and then I fill out the rest. I have plenty of money. I can fill them in with anybody. Sometimes I like to send something back. So I might put like DJ Moore in there just to get a little bit of both sides of the game because they're going to be feeding off each other. But that's exactly what I do, what you said. I, I try to get that piece that's affordable and build around it. And then like, if I want to play a really expensive piece, like say I want to play, I don't know, Zeke, because I'm so sure he's going to be great. Then I do try to find other Cowboys that are affordable. So I would then go look and see if maybe my tight end should be Blake Jarwin. He's probably well-priced um, and, and go from there. Uh, by the way, that that's not a bad lineup that you just rattled off. That's like your weekend in Vegas, the hangover <laughs> lineup, right? That you're so heavy Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I kind of <laughs> like that lineup. I might just throw that one in there as Let's a flyer. Should we make it our team? Maybe we should make it our team one. Let's make that week. our team. Well, you know what? Let's make sure we review those names and let's throw okay. that, and or at least let's even throw it in the million for four bucks okay. and just like take a shot with let's that as it. like 
a lottery ticket. But uh, so you also, because I do like to invest in an offense more so than a player. You got to find those sleepers. But I, I do like that. I mean, quarterback wide receiver combo is like FanDuel peanut butter and jelly. Like you almost got it. Mm-hmm. It's almost a shame when you have like your starting quarterback, but you don't pair him with the right receiver on that team. That is one of the most right. frustrating beats you could get oh. in FanDuel. But so I typically go, I do what you do where I try to find the sleeper, but if I'm just making my lineup from scratch, I typically like to build off the quarterback position first, right? Because okay. I do think there always is one quarterback a week that's very, very underpriced. If you can guess right, you will build a team that will probably make you some money. You might not win, but you'll be in the money. So the guy I like this week, now again, this is not relevant for the waiver wired league, but because he's uh, he's a 4 p.m. game player, but just for you out there playing FanDuel, think about this, right? Joe Burrow. Now, we know nothing about Joe Burrow right now as an NFL player. We know we know what he could do, but we don't know anything about him in the NFL. We discussed already his offensive threats and the lack maybe of a defense and all that. Is there any world barring injury where Joe Burrow is cheaper than $6,600 on FanDuel? Meaning, if he's just okay, he's still going to be about $6,600. If he's decent, maybe he goes up to $6,800 maybe seven grand. If he's good, he'll go right into that 7,500 and up, right? So I look at Joe Burrow, like if you're going to take a shot, this is the week because we know nothing. Some people might be a little bit afraid to play him. $6,600 at quarterback. Again, like I said, if he's good, this will be the cheapest you will ever see Joe Burrow in the history of FanDuel if he turns out to be the, the type of quarterback we think. And if you tie him in, I tied him in with Tyler Boyd, $6,100. So right there, I had a lot of cash. Now, again, this doesn't, I would love to put this team in our waiver wired one. And I can't because it's involving mm-hmm. too many day players. But that allowed me to do a little Christian McCaffrey just to get my cornerstone Ooh. piece. That allowed mm-hmm. me to my, listen to this receiving core with that lineup. Galladay, Thielen. So my receivers are Galladay, Thielen. Again, Thielen's a great price, 6,800 bucks. You know, a little bit of a down year last year, hampered with injuries. And we'll say, I think that's good money for him. Uh, Such good money. And then my other running back, I have Mostert, which that's a little bit of a reach, I feel like. But, you know, I'm just hoping, again, $6,200. All these things allowed me Christian McCaffrey, who I may sub out if I wake up tomorrow and I'm like, you know what? Let me get a Barkley share or a Zeke share in here. But my flex is what I'm most excited about. That lineup allowed me Austin Eckler at flex for $7,700. So speaking of Austin Eckler on flex, I want to build another lineup together. Oh, I love it. I think Tyred Taylor is actually got a good matchup this week. I think Tyred Taylor could absolutely eat um, facing Cincinnati. Their defense is trash. So why don't we stack Eckler, Tyrod Taylor, and maybe we take Keenan Allen, right? Wow. See, now we're now we're building Legos here. I like this, right? Because yeah. we're investing yeah. in the game. We're investing in the Chargers-Bengals game. game as potentially being a ugly but fun shootout. And then right. shout-outs right. to you. Just because I had to fill in the tight end position, I went Jack Doyle. Yes! I, I think he's going to... He's he's inexpensive too, right? Isn't that price great for he him? He is $5,300 at tight end. Um you know, again, Kelsey's off the board because he's a Thursday player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
you, Burton's injured. Philip Rivers loves his tight ends. You know he's going to get into the end zone. They're playing Jacksonville. Like it's going to be a beating. But for me, my FanDuel kind of start of the week is going to be Joe Burrow because I don't think, like I said earlier, I don't think that you will ever see Joe Burrow's FanDuel price be $6,600 for much longer. So you might as well get it. You might as well get it now because you might not get it again. And uh, and then, yeah, as far as defense goes, I, I, you know, I, I always try. There's always a team that has an awful starting quarterback situation going on because of injuries or whatever. I don't see it on the board. I usually try to, like we all do. We, I pick my defenses based off of the court, the other team's quarterback. You know, I don't really. Yeah, there's some that are a little suspect. I went with the Colts, and I'm not trying to say. I like the Colts. I, I, like I the do Colts too. I still think Minshew's very capable of putting up points. It's not so much about Gardner as much as it's about the whole offense. But I yeah. mean, who knows if that's even going to be right? But I found it hard to to say. Oh, we got to go heavy against this quarterback because he's good for four picks. You know, uh, I I didn't really see a ton of that. I think I've used the Colts, the Eagles. I think the Eagles right. would be good versus Dwayne Haskins, and I've used um, the Bills, who are a little more expensive. But come on, that Jets. I don't. Uh, but look, Darnold yeah. last year. I mean, the Jets. Look, I am no Jet fan by any stretch, and uh, I don't have any shares of any of their players out of my own hatred for the Jets, but. When Donald was in there, I think the, they were frisky. Yeah, you know, they, I mean, they can be, but I think Buffalo can hold. Buffalo has great defense yeah. anyway, and I think they're a mess. I mean, I don't think it's. I think it's Adam Gaze. It's not Josh Sam Darnold. I think you know. But putting that together, who do they have? They don't have Rashad Perriman, right? Who are even Jameson Crowder? Okay, we don't know what they're going to do with Le'Veon Bell. I mean, that's just a mess. Um, so I, I, yeah, I like the Buffalo Bills, but they are a little bit more expensive. Um, I might put in a few of these FanDuel uh, pick of the weeks because I'm looking at another yeah. guy that I also, okay. I just stumbled on his name. And every now and then you just see a name that you're just like, ah, I just have a feeling this guy's going to make three big plays. I don't know if he's going to do anything else, but I feel like he's going to make three big plays. I'm going to get to him in a minute. <clears throat> Excuse okay. me. I'm going to get to him in a minute, but... uh. I have another question for you. And again, this might be me doing the thing where I hold on to years past, but do we not think Phil Rivers is going to perform fantasy-wise? I'm not saying the Colts are going to the Super Bowl or anything. Maybe they are. Who knows? Do we not think Phillip Rivers is worth $7,100 in FanDuel as a quarterback with weapons he has? Totally is. He completely is. He's got, you know, T.Y. Hilton, who has a lot to prove, who can really burn it up when he's healthy. And he is healthy right now. You got Phillip Rivers. You got Jack Doyle. You have people there. And then you have, of course, Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor, who can catch passes as well if needed. So I really do think Phillip Rivers is very valuable. That's another stack I would do. And again, they're facing Jacksonville. You know they're going to put up some offense this week. Jacksonville um, rated and the Panthers, you know, two of the worst defenses. So I, I often like to target who I think has the worst defense and then just kind of go to the other side. And if they're well-priced, I mean, even in that Vegas game, like we were talking about, Vegas doesn't have a super great defense either. So you could really play both sides of that game and end up with a successful win. And correct me if I'm wrong, and any other person out there and on social media who knows much more about football than me, Colts have a lot better of an offensive line than Phil, Rur Much. Phil Rivers had last year 
with the That's LA correct. Chargers. So yes, I know Philip Rivers looked as though he was on the decline. And yes, he is from that uh that quarterback class where they're believe it or not, there's still another quarterback out there, a big Ben. Eli's now gone. But and look, you know, he did throw a lot of untimely picks last year. And that does suck in fantasy, for sure. And in FanDuel. But that more hurt the Chargers than hurt people's fantasy teams. Like, yeah, it knocks off a couple of points. It does suck. But like, I don't know, man. I I I like when I need like I got Phillip Rivers going in the fourth quarter in a 24-24 game. You know all hell's gonna break loose. You just gotta hope you're on the right side of it. I like him at $7,100. I do too. And to your point, do you think Austin Eckler got to have such a great season without someone like Philip Rivers throwing him the ball? No, he didn't. And so that's another reason why Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor could also be even, even better this year. That O-line is such an upgrade. So I'm with you. $7,100. There were a few quarterbacks on there. Like, like you said, Tyrod Taylor, Derek Carr, Philip Rivers, Joe Burrow. These guys are great bargains. You don't need to go out and spin for Lamar Jackson right away. Because then you don't have the money necessarily to get your other skill position players filled in. So there's a lot of ways to win. And I think using these these quarterbacks that we mentioned is one really good way to start. <sighs> okay. Are you ready for my FanDuel reach of the week? Yeah. I am not me. suggesting to anybody, anybody to to play this player. I'm not saying that. This is just a name I clocked, and I remember last year him making a few big plays. I, I, I mean, I was I've been tracking him most of the you know preseason or camp, and I didn't even know if he was going to make a team. And I think he might not even have made the team. I am not quite sure. At least all the stuff I've read, there is talk that he might play a key role in the Raiders' offense this year. And maybe this isn't a Week One play. I have him in one lineup. I always have the one lineup that I'm like, I am going to pick the weirdest possible lineup ever because sometimes that just makes makes you some money. And we might have to cut this out of the podcast if we're like, no, Jerry, he got cut two weeks ago. But I have not found any information that says that. A guy I think that if you really want to take a flyer and please don't do it. And if you do do it, don't blame me. Just look at the research. And it's a Vegas guy. Oh this could go on our all-team Vegas. Build up. It could. Zay Jones. What do you know and think of Zay Jones? And do you even know much? Yeah. If you don't, that's fine. I don't know. I don't know much. I haven't looked at the most recent uh, depth chart, but I think that he wouldn't be in play this week no. because of Brian Edwards. Listen. Because I think Brian Edwards is going to take those targets. I, all I know is there was a report on September 3rd Mm-hmm. That he could play a key role in the Raiders' offense. Obviously, Tyrell Williams is out, so there's a yes, spot or two. Right. I again, I am not saying start him. And this could, and again, producers, please, we may have to cut this so I don't sound like an idiot. <laughs> I just have a funny feeling. Maybe it's now. Maybe it's week three. Within the first four weeks, he's going to make a couple of giant plays. That's just my call. It's it's entirely possible. Um, I mean, we could we could use him. We could start throw that. We may not need it though. We may have enough money that we don't even have to. Well, you know another one I want to throw out there, guys. Please, Corderell Patterson. Yes, for the Chicago Bears. So Monty's out, right? He's got a groin injury. There, there are all kinds of weird over there, and 
Cordarell Patterson was running with the running backs in camp. They have him listed on the depth chart after Allen Robinson. I don't know how they're going to use him, but they're probably going to use him as a major trick play. I believe he's $5,000 on FanDuel, if I'm correct. I have to double check. But that's someone that can be really sneaky. And I'm talking about when you're playing in like tournament play. Like when you're playing with tournaments, GPP, you need to have some of those guys that are very, very low ownership or you're not going to get anywhere because everyone's going to have Jackson, Kelsey, Kittle, all those guys. You need a few of these guys like a Zay Jones that could happen to go off. That's how you win the tourney. So Corderell Patterson is one to keep your eye out for because they can use him as either a receiver or a running back, and Chicago's a little beat up right now. Well, listen, this is all going off like we said. This is going off numbers and gut, and I'm excited that in a few hours we're going to actually start to have some data to go off of. Uh, Me too. Yeah, that's um I think that the getting is good in week one. We're gonna do well. So again, yeah, guys, fanduel.com backslash waiver wired. That's our competition. Uh I'm just ready to get started. Uh, I feel like I, I feel like we should wrap it up. I wanted to talk about yeah. some former routine stuff. Maybe should we keep that for another episode? What do you think? You're gonna do it for Sunday? Yeah. Let's do, let's do it for Sunday. I think we that's a good place to wrap right there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so if we have to cut all that stuff out to make this a smooth ending, let me know, uh, Jim and Martin, if you're listening, we may have to cut that stuff out to make this a smooth ending. Um, well, Jen, I wish you luck going into this week. Maybe not in our auction league that we're battling <laughs> together, but everything We're else, not facing each other this week, so we're good. That's going to be a very special episode of the Waiver Wired podcast. I am going to get in your head some way for that. Well, I'm going to try to make you make a mistake, which I'm not sure you do and when it comes to fantasy sports. So, uh, mm. but this is it. We are here. It's like, I feel like it's like Christmas Eve. We are moments away from a kickoff yeah. coming up. And then Sunday is right around the corner. So, best of luck this year. It's going to be, we're going to all get through this. The episodes are going to switch to a little more therapeutic elements come. Come Monday, uh, we will be here on Monday, probably, hopefully cheering, potentially crying. And everybody yeah. out there who's been listening, thank you and good luck. And yeah, yeah. anything to close out the show with, Jen? No, I just want to say I'm so excited to have you with me. This is going to be an awesome season to kind of like tag team this together. You can be the quarterback. I'll be your wide receiver and we're going to make this work. All right. Best of luck, everybody. And uh, we'll see you on Monday.